The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to Red Side of Trent as we look to reflect on the 3-2 loss at home to Newcastle, leaving Forest in 16th place, two points above the relegation zone on 21 points. Um, alongside me to join us in a chat about all this is Lee Clark and Reese Lane. Um, obviously, we're going to touch on the Bristol City game and the FA Cup as well. Unfortunately, Christian, he is off gallivanting away in Sweden for this one. We're going to get right into it, chaps, because obviously, as Reese reiterated to me just before we went live, this is the same old uh, things, uh, different different weekend, obviously. Uh, Reese, we'll, we'll start with you. It's one change from the last Premier League lineup that we had against Bournemouth, which saw Moussa Niakate return from AFCON duty in place of Andrew Omobamadile. Did you think that was a bit harsh on Omobamadile, first of all? And, and was you pretty pleased with the lineup overall? Yeah, I thought that was harsh because I think um, I'm a bad Adele. He's done really well for us. Um, I'm a I'm a fan of Niakate, so at least with him coming back in, you've got someone in who's capable. But yeah, it was a little bit harsh. Um, the forward line pretty much picked itself. Um, you could argue maybe about a choice of centre mids because you kind of got Danilo could um, be in there. But I thought the team was was a, a fair selection, really. Um, there was nothing where I looked at the team and thought, oh, I worry about this, worry about that. I thought it was a, a decent team and um, a team what was picked, what I thought we could win the game with. Uh, just before I go on, on to Lee about something, Reese, what did you think of the Newcastle side? Because obviously they were very much like injury strucken. Um, and Anthony Gordon obviously managed to recover from last week's injury. But what did you think they would be there to be gotten at? Um, well, with the so-called perceived bigger clubs, if you want to say that, this injury-stricken kind of thing gets 
knocked about. I, I'm sure we've probably had a, as many players missing as them, really. I'm just trying to think who was missing for them. Pope, Joel Linton, um, Isaac. That, that was about it. Harvey Barnes come back on the bench and they're missing. So what, they're missing three players, maybe three or four players? Well, we're missing Sangari, we're missing Bolly, we're missing Aina. That's off the top of my head. So, you know, everyone's got injuries and missing players. It just seems in the media in this country, you only you only got an injury crisis if you, if you wanted, like, the bigger clubs, it seems, uh, to quote Richard Masters. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it was clear what we, as we saw in the away game, it was clear what, um, how we'd worry them. And we did that in the first half several times. And to be honest, Dan Byrne couldn't cope with Alanga um, in behind the pace. And that's something, annoyingly, we didn't really do in the second half as we'll come on to. Yeah, Lee. Um, great start to the game from from both sides, really. But we we had probably the first big chance of the game. Tyrell Woodney um, running through the centre of the pitch was just something that is not really something he does very often. But great pass to Nuno Tavares, who who thankfully actually put his foot on the ball and showed a bit of composure for once and picked out Morgan Gibbs White and he put that one wide and he should definitely score, shouldn't he? Yeah, he or at least should. Hit the target. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I think he should have hit the target. Um, we, we actually said at the time, you want that to fall to Gibbs White, but you don't want it to kind of fall for him to have to hit it on his left foot. Um, yeah, it, it was. It, it kind of set. The, it would have set the tone that, wouldn't it? I think if we'd have gone in front then, you'd probably look at it and it's a different game altogether. I, I, I genuinely felt that if we'd gone in front at any point yesterday, we'd have probably won the game. Um, <clears throat> I just think when I've watched Newcastle, when they've been playing away this season, they kind of... They have a lot of impetus in terms of when the game's level. But I remember the Bournemouth game when they got beat and Bournemouth was struggling at the time. As soon as they went behind, that was it. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was really frustrating. Um, but, yeah, he, like you say, he, I can't really say anything else. He's got to, for a player of his ilk, he's got to do better in that situation, I think. Yeah, and then following up, it's kind of like textbook Forest, especially for when you read it in uh, commentary text. Is Forest missed big chance? Then the next big thing is Newcastle score, and it's another set play. It's it's getting very very tiresome talking about it. But that back post area, I mean, I think someone, uh, I think Reece said it in the chat actually that uh, it was like an exercise of Newcastle's of switching play to Anthony Gordon, who seemed to be free left hand side all the time. I mean, it's a it's a well worked corner in some aspects, but it's it's avoidable again, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was. I think um, it's funny because, like I said, I don't, I don't like to throw people under the bus and that sort of stuff. But I think if Montiel plays, everyone says, "Oh, it's come from his side of the pitch again." And you've kind of got. I just yesterday, I just thought all game the fullbacks would be our downfall, and the first goals come from the, the right hand side, our right hand side, should I say? Um, yeah, it's a well-worked move, don't get me wrong, it looks amazing. I think if you're watching it as a neutral, you, you kind of don't even mention the defending, you kind of just say, you know, it's a great finish, it's a great goal. But yeah, it's it's completely avoidable. It just seems to me like we weren't switched on. It's, I mean, we must know that they've got these little things in the locker. These bigger clubs do, you know, they clearly work on that sort of stuff. And yeah, it just seemed to me like none of us were really switched on and it's kind of, like I say, it was a good finish, but it's very, very easy and it's it's another goal from a set piece which is getting well the situation with set pieces in terms of defending is just getting perilous isn't it it's um it's a real concern and at the minute ultimately the the goals we keep conceding from set pieces are sending us down it is 
factual. Hmm. Reese, yeah, I mean, watching the highlights, um, I have no idea whose man Gimarai says he's just lurking on the edge of the box unmarked, and then he's ghosting at the back stick unmarked, and there's literally nobody I think who even looks at him. Like Lee said, it was a good finish, took it well on the volley, but when you're unmarked, a player of his caliber, what did they pay for him? 60 odd million. It's been talk about Barcelona maybe bidding 100 million for him, his release clause, I believe. <laughs> it's easy for these type of players, isn't it? We saw that last season when we, we stood off players from 25 yards out and they pinged it in the top corner. You know, they, they, they clearly worked on these routines because they know where from set, we can't defend set pieces. And, you know, the decision to let a manager bring in a set piece coach who was on the verge of getting sacked rather than the club appointing one, one I just who was an actual specialist set-piece coach as well. Um, I just find that baffling, to be honest. I, mean, I think what my, my pet hate is that we don't leave players up. And we've, we've brought everyone mm. back, yet there's going to be players that aren't actually marking at anyone. So you've got people that could have gone marked Kieran Trippier, who's arguably maybe in the top two of, of best deliveries in the Premier League. So it's or maybe top three because you've got to put Trent in there as well as Ward Prowse. So yeah, it's it's just for me it's it's so avoidable. It's so so avoidable. But we move on because Reese, we did get back into the game fairly quickly. Um a, 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 or actually Alanga had a had a good chance before he actually did score. Um first of all, he probably has to do better with that first one, but the second one is is inch perfect pass from Gibbs White and, and Alanga does does finally find the corner what talk us through those two moments in the game well i mean the first one um he probably has to put a bit of loft on that don't you because he's coming in from an angle um so he's probably got to put try and get that above the bravka the second one is down the middle on it and it's it's a brilliant goal from our perspective it's a, like you said adam the pass is weighted to perfection and the run from a language superb times the run to perfection um and i mean dan burn couldn't cope with him first half um, and then he's obviously got in, got to the ball first, and once he slid it, slid it through the Radka's legs, it, it's it's one-one. It was kind of like the the Blackstock goal, wanted against them from many moons ago, where he slid, he slid it past the keeper, and um, there was kind of no stopping it. Then um, I think everyone was celebrating before it would it rolled into the back of the net. So a brilliant goal from our perspective. Um, I thought. The Gibbs White chance aside, I thought before that first goal, I thought it was a training exercise for Newcastle. Like I said, I thought that they must have switched the play from the right to the left, and Gordon was unmarked half a dozen times in the first 10 minutes. But once we got that goal, and in between them getting the whip, what turned out to be the winner, I thought it was an absolutely fantastic game of football. Was, you know, the crowd got up because there was actually some challenges being put in by us. And, you know, it was a proper battle. Um, it's just, once again, we're on the wrong end of it, and it's it's just such a shame, really. But yeah, yeah that, was, that was that was a brilliant goal, brilliant yeah. goal. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, Lee, I'm coming to you for all the Newcastle goals so far, but <laughs> uh, one one Forest seems to look like they're getting on top in terms of chances and kind of like keeping Newcastle a bit at bay. It's another goal that we let in where a set piece has come and we've let the ball bounce for crying out loud. You learn about that when you're about eleven. Not letting the ball bounce. Um, I, I take nothing away from Fabian Shaw because it is a good finish at the end of the day, but it's avoidable again. It's a, it's like the, the set piece is like straight at us. It's not even come from an angle. That's the worst of it for me. Yeah, I, I actually think the worst thing for me is how high we were. I think there's two minutes till half time. 
and I know that in hindsight we went and equalised before half time, but I just think at that point you you kind of you set your line up on the edge of the eighteen for me, and you that space in behind then is instantly the, you say to the keeper right anything in here you come and get it. Um, it was just it it just looked strange. It looked far too high. Um, and then to compound it, you've got I think we had Yates who's supposed to be a prowess in the air apparently. Um, Marking their biggest man. I'm not going to criticise him for that. I mean, it, the guy's probably got a foot on him. I mean, I think Byrne and um, Botman were both literally next to Ryan Yates and I think Dominguez. Why Why are they marking? It just didn't make any sense. It just looked messy and it looked really unorganised. Um, yeah, it was just too high for me. I think if it's... I admire Nuno for wanting his team to play like that, but I just think at that time in the game, with a couple of minutes to go till the break, you kind of sit in and you, you kind of... You pick your moments to to be brave and and show that sort of kind of tenacity to set you, you and say, look, you're not going to score here. But it was a good finish again. Um, of all the players, it falls to it falls to the player who took the net off in the, the first game of the season last year, didn't he? Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it, that was that was the big thing for me. I just thought I thought the defensive line was just a little bit too high for me. Yeah, just just so you can have a positive before we get into to some negatives, Lee. We'll, we'll give I'll give you the Callum Hudson Odoi goal because it is good link up play. It's good to see Hudson Odoi in this kind of he's 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 starting slowly to get into a bit of a rhythm. I find in and I know it takes a massive deflection, but I think the link up play between him and Dominguez is is pretty good. And then he's obviously in confident mood to to take it on again, isn't he? Yeah, it is a confidence thing with him. I think um, when we first signed him, one thing that I really liked about him was that whenever he gets it, he seems to want to drive into the box so that the defender can't touch him. Um, that is, is, I think that was a, a confident Callum Hudson-Odoi, someone who he can get it and he kind of, his first instinct is to think, right, I'm either going to create something or I'm going to score a goal here. So, yeah, he, he looked much better yesterday, and I think I think some of the criticism he's been getting anyway has been a little bit harsh. I think as a winger, you're either in the game or you're not. Um, I think it was funny because another frustrating thing I'm sure we'll get onto it is that Alanga and Burns are complete mismatch. We saw that in the away game, and we just never did it enough. We, we there was a couple of times when he burned him for pace, and we just never got him on the ball enough. And it was kind of similar with Hudson Odoi. I think when he gets it, he can be really probing, and he can. You know he's got he's got it in the locker to create something, and it was actually nice to see us get a bit of luck. I think we've had so many chances like that where um, it's hit someone and it's maybe gone out for a corner or straight to the keeper. But so yeah, it was nice to kind of get that you know that bit of, of luck. But I guess it would have been nicer if we'd have got a bit of luck with other stuff, which I'm sure we'll come on to as well. Yeah, I mean that is the next point in case Reese and and, and Lee will bring you on on this because obviously ref watch and all that, but um. I didn't know Matt Sells had a had this kick in him. It was really old school route one kind of thing. And the one he's gone through at the start of the second half where I thought Forrest were really, I thought we was really good. I thought it was excellent, like in terms of like putting the pressure on on Newcastle. They looked like they couldn't really get out their half half the time. But a one he goes through kind of makes a meal of it because I think he should actually get his shot away. But then he's brought down by Dubravka and Anthony Taylor waves it away, and and VAR don't change their mind either. Let let's let's start the debate on it, I guess. Well, I mean, we'll start with Salzer's kicking. He can punt a ball, can't I? I know that he, he he proper puts his foot through the ball, which is good to see, and get us up the pitch. Um, I mean, the kick's incredible. It would have got him an assist, which I can't remember 
that's a start, isn't it? I wonder who the last Forest keeps getting assists if there ever has been one. Um, yeah, so once it's got over the top and it's kind of bouncing the box, to be honest, really a striker for me should be whacking it there. The pace is on the ball once it's bouncing. Put your foot through it. You know, if Tyro would have done that, Harry finished the goal what was offside, which was a superb finish, um, we would have been free to up. Um, and then... He's kind of stumbling into um and he's never really got control of the ball. Now, when Debravka comes out, Tyro's gonna has gotta kind of hurdle him, and that's when Debravka's arm does come up. You know, and it, and it makes contact. There's no doubt about that. It makes contact. I've seen a few people saying I've you know, oh he chucked himself to the ground. And I don't agree with that at all. There's contact and there's a fear. A definite fair shot for a penalty there, without a doubt. I mean, you can the the caveat to it is you can say, well, he's not, he's stumbling a little bit and he's not really in control of the football. But the Rabka raises his arm as he comes out to him. For me, that is where I think VAR should be saying to the ref, "Come and have a look at this, please. See what you think." And you know what? If if he if the referee turns around and says, "No, I'm happy with what I've gone with," then. We we have to accept it, but the fact that I don't think he's even been asked to come and even have a look, I was disappointed in that personally. Mm. Um, I mean, the fact that I I, I really like Alan Shearer as a pundit, I think he's really balanced, etc. I know he's a Newcastle man. Even he said it was a penalty, so we've got a fair, a very very fair shout for it. Um, it's just disappointing. I, I think it didn't that didn't get rev- that didn't get reviewed. That's what I kind of expect they are to be for, to be honest. But we're just never going to get it when we come on. What I put in that group chat after three minutes, there was a nudge in the back on Tarwo. Taylor didn't give it. They have a nudge in the back. Oh, he blows the whistle. You you could see from the outset what you're going to get from these referees, the inconsistencies, the bias towards, I suppose, teams higher up the league. I mean, and then second half, I don't think he wanted to give anything, really. There was... Mm. Several instances where he just let, which we have said we don't mind letting the game flow, but yeah, I mean, I can't imagine it will go down well at Forest again. It wouldn't surprise if there's another letter again, which you know it doesn't look good on our. You know, just a copy and paste really. job, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, Leo, obviously. I think I think Reese has kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, Jamie Redknapp kind of went through it and explained what mm. Reese said about. Yeah, that was a good explanation. It, his arm definitely comes up. You know, yeah. no, no one can deny his arm don't come up. Yeah. You know, it, well, the, 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 the I get that people new, saying, new "Look, ca- it might in one," but you know, it's not it's not totally black or white that it isn't a penalty or it definitely is. I think people's got a point, but that's where really I think the, they should get the referee to come over and have a look, see what he thinks. Yeah, I mean the fact that Newcastle got uh, an equally soft one at, at, at their place well, yeah. on Boxing Day is is something, Lee. But and I think I think a lot of people will draw back to Anthony Taylor giving Diego Jota a, a which, penalty where he went down maybe what a second or two straight after he got touched. It wasn't even which like Tyros is miles more than that. Yeah, and, and to be honest, that do you know what that probably played in the back of his head that decision because he got pillared for that and rightly so. And yeah. he, he's apparently meant to be the second best ref in this country. Standard, standard's not good enough. And what we'll get is ref support UK on Talksport this week, defending them to the hill and thinking he's doing a good job by supporting them when he can't accept that they make mistakes. And it, and then, then he wonders why they get abused. 
Yeah, I mean, this this is a problem I have with ref support. And yeah, they put refs need supporting at my level. Of course they do. I mean, we turn up for 30, 40 quid and the abuse we get sometimes is absolutely shocking. They need support at that level on God knows how much a year plus a ridiculous match fee. If Anthony Taylor is in the top two in this country, then we are seriously struggling. He is absolutely shocking. He was shocking from minute one yesterday. He was absolutely dreadful. And like Reese has just said, it's just not good enough. It's it clearly that was playing his but why is Anthony Taylor getting a Newcastle game weeks after Newcastle have been on the wrong end of a decision? How many refs have we got? We've got a pool of referees. Why does Anthony Taylor need to be ref in Newcastle three weeks after he's done a major balls up? It, it's just, oh, it's, it's absolutely. I mean, I've just seen as well that I've always said that when Taylor gets like Man U and Liverpool, people go on, don't they, and say, oh, Manchester. Yesterday's VAR was Tony Arrington. Tony Arrington's not even an established Premier League referee yet. Why was Tony Arrington ever going to press the button and say, I think, you need, I think you've made a mistake there, Anthony? He's just never going to do it. And this is where I come back to where it needs to be specialist VARs. It shouldn't be referees who are trying to make their way up the ladder. They're never going to turn around to someone like Anthony Taylor and say, I think you've made a mistake there. I just think, and another thing that I have a problem with as well, if that's a FIFA game, if that's a Champions League game or in the World Cup, that sort of stuff, they check everything. So they would probably turn around to the ref and say, there's definitely contact there. You need to go over and check that. In the Premier League, we, we like to make our own rules up and they just want to, for want of a better phrase, they want to keep the bigger clubs happy, don't they? So, I mean, are you telling me if that's on, if that's Celts on Callum Wilson, I wonder if I wonder if Taylor's getting a little buzz in his ear saying, go and have a look at that because I think there's contact there. Like mm. Reese has just said as well, the, it's clumsy from a one-year. A one-year should score. He's a, The chance he actually scored when it was disallowed was probably a more difficult chance, to be fair. But I just think it's not even... It's it's embarrassing. It's not even close. And I'm, Yeah, I've got rose-tinted glasses on because I'm a Forest fan. But the moment he puts his arm up, he tries to win the ball with his arm, he gets nowhere near it and clips a one-year. It's a foul. Anywhere else on the pitch, that's a foul. Mm. Um it's just embarrassing. I just, I just think it, the more I think about it, the more I watch it on Twitter and this, that, and the other, the more it frustrates me. How is he not even getting sent over for a look at that? What, what is a penalty these days? What is a foul? It's making <laughs> oh, yeah. it worse. It's just, it's just stupid. I, I just That's what disappointed me mostly that they didn't say to him. I mean, I, don't, I didn't know what Lee's just said, and he, he's spot on. I mean, a, a, a ref who's coming up from the championship isn't going to overrule a referee, is he? Who's no been way. in the Premier League several years, who he policies as a, a role model, as a superior to where he wants to be. Mm. So you know, it, it, everything's it's the it's same in it with social media. Everything's binary. It's either a Stonewall penalty or he chucked himself to the ground or he bottled it or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You can have a bit of a balanced view on it, you know. And yeah. I think, like I said, if Alan Shearer, a Newcastle, absolute Newcastle legend, as unbiased as he is, he's saying it's a penalty, I think we've got a very, very fair shot for a penalty, especially yeah. with the, the Jota one as well. Definitely. So, well, move, move, just before we move on, uh, we've got 36 people joining us this morning, so thank you very much. Uh, friend friend of the pod, Tom Newton, has put, we need to sort out our own shop before moaning to the PGML, i.e. defending set pieces. Very, very uh, good point there. Tom, uh, Slick Rick, morning. Um, 
people saying that we're we're too uh, too good to go down echoes this morning, which I don't, I don't believe that it's it's very much we're very much in the, who's, who's in the relegation. That, who said that? Jesus. No, it's it, I mean uh, so Harold has said too good to go down echoes this morning, as in like saying people are saying that, but it's definitely not true. No one's oh, too good to go down, unfortunately. But um, we did obviously shoot ourselves in the foot, as I've uh, named the. The show today, Reese. Uh, the art of shooting ourselves in the foot. Again. I mean, Nico Williams wins an absolute brilliant tackle from Harvey Barnes, and then Anthony Alanga decides to play the most suicidal pass I've seen for a while. Actually, no, I, I scrapped that because Nuno Tavares played one last week and we got away with it. But um, Alanga tries to give it to Morgan's White, and, and you give it to probably the most technically gifted player on the pitch in my eye, or one of, if 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 not the the most technically gifted in Bruno Guimaraes, who finishes brilliantly it's it's the same old story of give them an inch and they'll take a mile scenario isn't it yeah that 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 passes i mean gibbs white's on the half turn so he's always already trying to get up the pitch i mean that passes yeah you can't be making that pass unfortunately you know you are given you know he's still a young lad into your anger and it's something he'll, i guess he'll learn from but yeah it's it's, it's just a suicidal ball and gimmer rises on it like a flash and then you know i think i think it's dan Byrne. i'm not sure am i right in that who screens dominguez well he clearly blocked him off from getting to the ball that's a foul every day of the week in my view you know he, yeah. clearly, he, he moves i get if dominguez runs into him fair enough but when he dominguez is running to the ball and he steps across him and blocks him like that. It's, it's a foul. It stops him from closing Bruno Gimaraes down and Gimaraes shoots. You know, I, to, personally, I thought the keeper should have done a little bit better as well. I thought he should have saved it. People might find that harsh, but I think he's got a, he's got a decent hand to that and it's kind of gone under his hand, really. Um, I think if that's Turner or Vlakadimos in God, I think a lot more people would be saying that as well. But um, because he's, you know, he's just come in cells and this isn't, I'm not getting on his back at all, but just because he's come in, they'd probably let him get away with that one a tiny bit. Might be a bit controversial, but I, I, I think I'm right in the fact that if that's turned over like a Demos, a lot more people are saying, yeah, he probably should have saved that. But, you know, we go to the root cause of the problem, the pass is silly. And I mean, I mean, did they even check for a foul in that? Because it, it just it was it was what happened in the West Ham game at the first home game last about, season. I literally about to say that. Where the, yeah. I think was it Antonio stepped across Mangar and stopped him and and it allowed Gimaraes a clear run at goal. And like you said, Adam, he was the, he was their only threat. You know, we Gordon Barnes, when he come on, Wilson and Almiron didn't really get much of a sniff. I mean, Wilson, I thought, was going to start crying at one point because he, he kept, get knocked, kept getting knocked off the ball because we gave him no change. I mean, Almiron, I didn't think had a kick at all. The first 10 minutes, Gordon had some joy on the wing, but apart from that, I thought Bruno was really the only threat and he... And he and he's got the winner, and you know he's um he's a tidy little player. Very, I must say, very dirty footballer when you watch him. But he's a he's a he's a good player and on the ball, and 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 that killed the game, mate. Unfortunately, I, I mean, it kind of killed the crowd, didn't it? And then the get and what happened then was Newcastle went into a low block. We panicked because we can't counter anymore on a low block, and. We can't get him behind. And then what do we do? We decide to just pump balls into the box when they've got Dan Byrne, who, as um, someone put, as Dan put on um, at Twitter, was banging his head on the Trent end. Is that tall? So, <laughs> you know, and it's just had balls out. Botman and Shaw, pretty big guys, aren't they? They just had them out yeah. all day. 
Um, and, and that was kind of it once it was huffing and puffing then. And the only real, I think, close chance we had was the Gibbs-White curler, which was more of an effort, wasn't it, than an opportunity. So it's just frustrating me because every single week we're talking about shooting ourselves in the foot. So, you know, the first goal someone unmarked. The second goal we've let the ball bounce. I mean, that's just hooked into an area, that free kick, isn't it? Nothing's really happening. And then the third goal, we can obviously say it's a foul, but at the start, we've given the ball away. Um, yeah, and it's the same old three. <clears> to, <throat> run the another end of a three-two scoreline again. Must be a what? record for the Premier League. That anyway, sorry, Lee. <laughs> no, it's all right. I was just going to say, in terms of the check, I always think it's a more thorough check when you get the message on the screen saying that they're checking something. Oh yeah, of course. And nothing yeah. came up, did it? It's like mm. I just don't. I wonder if Dominguez was a little bit too hasty to get up. I think if that's on, let's say that's on Bruno. I think he stays down holding his face or something. So then it makes the officials think. Actually, we may perhaps need to have a look, look like a more in-depth look at that. It, like you say, he's having is a clear foul again. I mean, it's, you know it's me. I, I, hate, I hate doing this sort of thing. I hate coming on a podcast. And I hate turning around and saying, you know, I'll go this afternoon and do a game and I might get pillars. It, it might just be one of them sort of weeks and I'll want to lie down in a dark room afterwards. But it's, every, it's like when you have a game like that where you get two or three on and you're on the wrong end of them, it's like... Surely these team, these people that support the bigger clubs, can see it where we're coming from because it's every time we play a big club. God, I've just called Newcastle a big club. That's insufferable. <laughs> it, but I, I, it's just every time you play them, like like Reese said earlier, it's Anthony Taylor from minute one. Like I said, Callum Wilson was going to cry, wasn't it? I think he was. It made me laugh every time he kept going to Taylor's. I'd say, "Oh, come on, give us one." It's like yeah, are you it, joking what, for just getting knocked off the yeah, board. It's, it's, it's just a podcasting, Callum. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's sad though, isn't it, that we've kind of got to hold his face to get a decision, try and con the referee, yeah, really. It That's it how is. sad it is. I mean, Dominguez got straight up and he was appealing because it ended up in the back of his net. Yeah. You know, and yeah, frustrating. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, after that, we kind of like huffed and puffed. Um, we put Gibbs White into central midfield with, with Danilo eventually, Reina come on, Origi come on and... We actually like had some sustainable pressure, but we, yeah, like you said, Reese, we didn't really do a lot with it. It was more huff and puff, and trying to get the ball into the box in the air against them. Them three, you've got it's just a losing battle, unfortunately. But um, I just don't know where we can kind of rectify this or go from it. I mean, it's just it's simple, basic mistakes we're making, and I I, I feel like going forward, we're completely fine. We. We've scored two decent goals yet again this this weekend and letting three absolute howlers, in my opinion, in terms of I mean, mistakes. I don't think any... I mean, there was a few little... I mean, I loved Steve Cooper and I backed him till the end, but there was a few little like on social media again or what if Coops was in charge, blah, blah. We've improved tenfold going forward, attacking-wise under Nuno. There's no denying that, in my opinion. But defensively, there's been no improvement at all. You know, I've seen a few notions a few weeks ago saying we're tightened up defensively. We haven't. We're still conceding the same goals, the same mistakes. And this isn't, I'm not blaming Nuno for this, but because it's individual errors and you kind of have to feel sorry for the bloke in a way. Because we defended, again, as I said earlier, pretty well yesterday for the majority of the game. Wilson didn't get a kick, neither did Almiron. We caught Gordon once that first 10, 15 minutes had gone the same. And then what we kind of do is we give team quality teams at this level an inch by a mistake and then they punish us. Championship yeah. level, you'll get away with it, not at this level. Just yeah, punish I mean, every single time. 
Well, it's not like we're getting carved open exactly, is it, Lee? Bush says, no. Selson didn't even make a save, did he, yesterday? I can't remember. Did he push one round the post, I think, at your end, early doors, Lee? But that was it. Yeah, didn't very make a save of Didn't make a save of note. Yeah, very early on, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, you're right. I can't disagree with any of that, really. It's Yeah, it's it's just frustrating, isn't it? I think, um, yes, that, that if we can defend properly, that's a game that we probably win quite comfortably yesterday. And you kind of go away thinking, a bit like the Bournemouth game, I go back to the Bournemouth-Newcastle game, where you think, God, how Bournemouth, at the time they were in the bottom three, and you think, God, how are they in the bottom three? Newcastle were rubbish. Obviously, Newcastle's been to Luton, they've lost, haven't they? It's the, their away form's not great, and on yesterday's performance, you can see why. I think their fans must be thinking, finally, something's kind of just gone in our favour. You know, they've got away with the penalty, they've got the ridiculously out of kind of character pass from Elanga that's left Bruno with an easy chance to just sweep it in the bottom corner, I suppose. But yeah, it's just frustrating. It's, it is the same stuff every week defensively. And I, I totally echo what Reese has just said with regards to Nuno. You can just see him stood on the sidelines, I think. And every time we concede the goal, he just thinks, what are we doing? Um, I mean, we've talked about the goalkeeper situation, actually. I actually think the fullback situation is probably just as alarming because, I mean, if we're going to play Tavares and Williams for the rest of the season, we're in big trouble, I think. We we can't get Aina back, back quick enough from the AFCON, I don't think. And we talk about Sangare and Bolly. Um, interesting with Bolly, I'm not quite sure if he's any better than the two that played yesterday. He's perhaps better in the air than Murillo, maybe. But in terms of Aina, we can't get him back quick enough because he can play both sides. He's, he's steady. Um, and yeah, I just, I just don't really see. I just think... Both Nuno and Williams are very suspect defensively, and I think it showed yesterday. I mean, we say that, but like, 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 Reece said, Almiron and, and Gordon didn't didn't get too much joy. But yeah, did no, the first um, 10, 15 minutes, Gordon. But after that, I mean, Almiron, I did. You kind of forgot he was even playing Almiron, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. From from half time up until they got that third goal, they looked. I thought they looked knackered. I, I thought they looked the, the carbon copy of what they did up there. And I thought if we could have got at third, I, I generally think we'd have probably scored again because they they would have, once they got at third, they went into a low block. And because it was probably tired, they thought, well, we're not going to let Alanga get in behind us or Tavares. If, if we'd have got ahead, they would have come out more, so they'd have left gaps in behind. I think we'd have exploited it again. That that third goal was key. And it, 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 there was no surprise where it kind of just quietened the crowd, that goal. It was such, such yeah. a shame. If, that because we'd have got that, we'd have won the game, in my opinion. Just before I go into some flats on thoughts, I did want to ask, like, just a just a genuine question, like, what what is the solution to this problem? Is it is it the lack of like some people in the comments have mentioned a lack of leaders, like last season we had Navas and Felipe. Some people have said like Bolly is, is someone that can take responsibility because of his aerial ability, but like for me, I don't. I, it is literally just like schoolboy errors. Um, I don't know what about like mid, what you think about midfield as well because obviously people are saying once Sangari comes back does he replace Yates and that, that he's, he's your captain I did like well, he's supposed to be our captain I don't really see it in my in my eyes <laughs> what he does but you know what, I guess what, you'd what say you it, with Yates on the captaincy thing you'd probably say it's similar to Lewis Graben in that he he's, he's a leader in terms of his professionalism. People used to get on Graben's back, didn't he? Well, he's not very vocal, is this? But Lewis Graben was probably an ultimate professional like Ryan Yates is. Um, I've, <laughs> I, you know, these days of having a, a shouter and a screamer in the team, have they? I, I look at a lot of clubs' captains and don't really see themselves as a shouter or a screamer. 
they probably just kind of lead by example by the performances on the pitch. Now that's a another debate entirely, which I'm not going to get into. Um, I, I I don't know, mate. I mean, it's the same old every week, isn't it? We're conceding the same goals. What's the, the solution? I've no idea. I mean, what I said at the start of the show, where we let a manager who's on the verge of getting sacked. I mean, you can say, oh well, he might have turned it round, but. You know, Maranakis and Cooper's relationship had broken down by that point. With a lad, a manager who's on the verge of getting sacked to bring in somebody he knows as a set-piece coach, rather than the club saying, no, we're bringing in a specialist set-piece coach. He's going to come in and he's going to he's going to work with him because he's a specialist set-piece coach. And then if obviously Cooper does go, which he did a few weeks later, he's in situ. I just find that decision a bit baffling, to be honest, unless it's kind of a PR thing from the club of, oh, we're not you know, choosing what the manager wants, but <laughs> we've choosed plenty of players what the manager want, didn't want. So, you know, why not choose a coach as well while we're at mm. it? I, I don't know what the solution is, mate. I really yeah. don't. Lee? Um, yeah, I, again, I agree with a lot of what Reese has just said. We were agreeing on a lot this morning, Reese. Um, uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, like I, I agree with Reese in terms of the leaders. I think gone are the days where I think if you start shouting and barking at people like Roy Keane used to do, then footballers get the molly coddled in this day and age, aren't they? They get arsy about it. So, um, yeah, I, I can see why Yates is the captain in this current squad. I mean, he's the longest serving player. Um, Sunshine's out his backside, doesn't it? I suppose, but um, yeah, I, I, there's enough there's enough leaders in that dressing room though to not. I, I don't think I don't think it's as clear cut as all. Oh, we need more leaders. I think it's. I think there will be a game if I can put a positive spin on it. I think there will be a game where something clicks defensively, whether it's when we've got Ina back at one of the fullback spots or we give Toffolo a game somewhere down the line. I just think it will click and we will beat someone. And I do actually think playing West Ham might be. A decent-ish game. I don't think it's the worst. You know, if we were playing City or someone like that, you think, oh, God, here we go again. We're going on a bit of a run. But the fact it's at home, I thought the atmosphere was increased yesterday. I know we've said on this podcast before, the atmosphere isn't the be-all and end-all. But I think it was much better yesterday. Um, I think even when we were behind and when things were going against us, we stayed on top of the team. Um, So I do think it will click at some point. I I don't think, even in this league, I don't think you can keep doing the same things. I just think it's going to click somewhere defensively. So hopefully we can do that. And I, I'm at the point where I think one good result again, and I think things might look a bit rosier. I do think it, it's quite interesting that we keep losing and forgetting the points deduction we might potentially have. We keep losing, but we're still not in the bottom three. So I think while that's the case, I think the players will kind of keep their heads up. Um, and yeah, I just, I just expect at some point that something's going to click defensively and we'll think that was like a bit like the Villa game when... We were, we were mint defensively, let's face it, weren't we? So, I think that, that sort of performance defensively is just around the corner. I don't, I don't think we played badly yesterday again. No, I, I don't. I don't think it was a bad performance. I thought we actually played well. We, we gave we gave it everything. It's just a stupid... And we're all the exact same on this pod. And I'm sure that every other fan's the same. We're just frustrated because yeah. we're literally shooting ourselves in the foot. And we're gifting teams results. And I mean, I I kind of agree with Lee on the West Ham one. It's a game where I look at and think, yeah, we can beat them at home. And to be fair, it's turning into a kind of a must-win, really, because you look Absolutely. at the fixtures. You look at the fixtures after it. But the concern is they've got the best set piece specialists in the league, and we can't defend them. That's <laughs> the worry, unfortunately. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win. 
Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yes, uh, well... We're going to get into some slips on it, thoughts, but on a rosier note, at least, guys, we're going to have an AFCON winner, at least one, and um, Tarpy's <laughs> records is still intact. So, all positives on a Sunday morning, but let's get into your slips on it, thoughts. Red side of the trend. <laughs> Slept on it, thoughts. Thank you as ever for everyone getting in touch and I do apologise in advance for, for anyone that I can't read out, but uh, let's start it off. So Jerry Pritchard started slowly and too passive. The press and pace changed the game and we were better the team for 60-ish minutes. However, we gave away sloppy chances. All three goals were poor defensively. What was Elanga doing? Had enough chances to win that game. We need more attacking patterns. Uh, Ian, uh, we can't keep relying on the bottom three to keep losing. We have to get out of this mess ourselves and start by not conceding awful goals. Our defending was atrocious again every week. It's the same thing. We are going down if this continues. Uh, Jarvalio, uh, quite enjoyed it considering. Bit sad that the new keeper seems bang average too. Die for the third like a poorly demolished chimney. Uh, Martin Fretwell continues schoolboy defending is sending us down not the crap referees and I still have no clue what the head coach sees in Tavares or Origi uh, Mike Brown still confused about the mythical home advantage that means you get marginal decisions individuals getting better team gelling Tavares all the ingredients for a player except a brain when shooting distance set piece deliveries better positionally still bad um Capenosity in function, f- failing to control the controllables and blaming the con- uncontrollables isn't a recipe for survival. Still looking for intangibles like fans pushing us on or some players hitting purple patches remain too easy to score against. Hard work constantly undermined. Very nervous. Frank the Tank, is it worth having VAR? If the people using it have unconscious biases to teams because of league position, if that was Liverpool or City player, they get two pens. Forest, of course, get none. Uh, Premier Elliot could be worse. I think we'll stay up. Just got to keep faith. Also, Nuno as far as would be great player if his final touch wasn't as bad as Diakabe's first touch. Uh, keep up the great work on the pod. Thank you, Elliot. Uh, Sam, how many more games are we going to lose three to? So so frustrating one overall. We play well and get nothing for it. Not sure why the ref was only giving fouls for GBH, but ultimately our fault for poor defending first half. Probably Nuno's best game other than the two shots going into orbit. Uh, Reese Coy, masters of our own downfall once again. Positive changes from Nuno seem to have the opposite effect on the team. The pen gets given all day if that was a defender's leg rather than the keeper's arm. Playing well and losing isn't a good sign. Things to need to improve and quickly. Uh, and last of all, but no means least, uh, Carl Booth thought we looked good going forward after a slow start. Morgan Gibbs, White, Langer and Cannon Hudson-Odoi always a threat. But ultimately, the team with the fewer defensive errors won the game. 
Pedro shouts for a bit of a stretch. We must stop defensive errors. Thank you very much for everyone getting in touch with them. Uh, so, so many to, to go through. So, sorry, can't do it all. But we'll get into some player performances. Um, oh, I did forget to read Christians because he did send it in into our group chat. So, I will read yeah. Christians. I will not say <laughs> the expletive that Christian has uh, intended for Anthony Taylor. Um Never want to see a 3-2 scoreline again. Our defender from set pieces is horrendous as that's the game we could and should have won, but I shot, shot ourselves in the foot again because we can't deal with the basic threat. Good to see Callum Hudson annoy proving people wrong and Alanga back in the goals. Though, uh, if that bold um, Anthony Taylor is in the top percentile of English rest, the sport is in this country, is ruined for a generation worse than Alifer Rangford, uh, Langford, should I say. Um, yeah, so... I think a lot of people are kind of on the same wavelength there. Um, but we are going to get to some player performances. Uh, Reese, I'm going to give you uh, Anthony Alanga and Callum Hudson Adoy in a joint player performance from you, please. I mean, I'll start with Alanga. Um, the two runs in the first half were absolutely superb, weren't we? I mean, there were, there were calls last season for Dan Byrne to kind of be in the England squad. Well, I mean, Alanga. In them two runs really retired him, didn't he? The poor bloke. Um, and it, the two finishes are what we've kind of had from Alanga, isn't it? The first one, really, he should score. He kind of hits it straight at the keeper, like I said, earlier, needed a bit of laugh. And then he gets another bite of the cherry with a second in it and he slots it through his legs. And it's a great finish. But And then it was just such a shame that, as I said, second half, I knew Castle knew it. They're not daft, aren't they? Eddie Howe's a solid manager. They're not silly. Once they got ahead, they went for that low block because that was our um, concern for them was us getting in behind. And Alanga, when um, the back four sat on the edge of the 18-yard box, he ain't going to get in behind, is he, rather than the halfway line. So, yeah, good to see him get another goal. I mean, he's proved to be a bit of a bargain, haven't we, for what we've paid for him and what his outlay's been. I mean, what? how many goal contributions is that now? Adam? 11 now. 11. For, so, if he gets... You know, towards maybe 20, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Both co contributions, goals, and assists, that'd be good. Um, and, and you never know, to be honest, especially if, even if we are at this level, there might, there might be other clubs looking at him because you know he's absolutely rapid, isn't he? Um, so yeah, it was good to, good to see him back in the goals. Um, Hudson Adoy, yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was one of our best players last night. I actually thought he gave Trippi a really hard time. Um, I must say, I think Trippier's aged quite a bit in a year with his performance. I mean, last season, I thought he was absolutely superb, steady. Last night, I thought he looked a bit rickety, uh, personally, and a bit of a worry. And it's like, I mean, he's knocking on a bit. He's 33, isn't he? So, you know, father time does catch up with players. But I thought I was direct, kept running as much as he could. And to be honest, every time he does that little cut inside, where he's going to whip it with his right foot, you fancy him. At, you fancy him scoring. To be honest, I know he got very, very lucky at the deflection, but he's had a dig. It's deflected. It's gone in. And then there was a couple of other times where he did that, and he, he just couldn't quite get the ball out his feet to pull the trigger or stuttered a little bit, which is something what goes through the whole team. Really, we kind of need to have a, a pop a bit more when we get it on the edge of our on edge of the box. Sometimes we overplay it a little bit, don't we? But yeah, positive from both of them last night. Um, Hopefully they can carry on that form because, you know, going forward attacking wise, they're a massive, the massive threat when they're both on the game. And 
with how many we seem to concede, we need some goals, don't we? So, yeah, I thought both of them played pretty well, personally. Yeah, I and thought Hudson, I think Hudson, Hudson was always getting a bit of confidence into the, the only, There's a, a couple of times when he kind of underfoot him where I know it's not his game, but where he's got to kind of win, go and win the ball, you know what I mean? A t- couple of tackles where I think Trippier was a bit forced from he like underfoot him. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think he's steadily getting better, which is good, which is what we want. So, hopefully they can carry on that form. Yeah, I, I thought he was excellent. He, he drove at, at Trippier a lot and, and at Newcastle in general, and I thought he got us on the front foot. But moving swiftly on, Lee, I have gave you, to start with, Nuno Tavares. I thought, actually, it was one of his better games other than his shooting, to be honest. Yeah, I actually think this is a thing with uh, Forest fans that I notice. And I don't just mean social media, I mean people in the ground as well. Like One bad performance for certain players and they're all of a sudden rubbish. I actually think Tavares did okay yesterday. Um, do I think he's the answer long term? No, I don't. I think if, um, certainly when Ina comes back, I think there's definitely, certainly while Montel's injured, Williams is probably going to play on the right. So I think Ina comes straight back in on the left. But... Yeah, I thought he was okay. He's a very bizarre player, though, isn't he? He'll do something. We really, say this every week, don't we? He'll, he'll do something really, uh, really good, really amazing. I think he played a really good pass in the build-up towards Nadoy's goal. I think it was the first goal. Uh, sorry, the second goal that we scored. Um, but yeah, it was. And then it, the, the chance where he had, where he was like, he was never going to score from such an acute angle, and he's got three players queuing up, and he decided to shoot. Um, mm. So, yeah, his decision-making leaves, leaves a lot to be desired. But, yeah, I thought he was okay yesterday. I think, um, like I say, it's one of them things where he's the sort of player now where his, his bad stuff is highlighted and everyone just says, oh, he's rubbish, when I think there probably is a player in there. I think his form at Marseille last year probably says that there is a player in there. Um, but, yeah, he certainly wasn't as bad as some of the comments I've seen from certain people and what I heard in the ground as well about him. I think... He did okay yesterday. I think it, by no means was he our worst player, put it that way. Yeah, and then um, I gave the the other player I gave you is is Nicolas Dominguez, who I thought was arguably man of the match in my opinion. I thought he was excellent. And 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 another question, kind of like to follow up as well, is like who do, who do you think partners him in in the future, especially with, with Iram Sangare coming back and obviously Danilo kind of getting in and either like in and out of the team at the moment. Yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, I tell you, we definitely shouldn't partner him, but that's probably a different conversation that we might have later in the pod. Um, yeah, I think Dominguez is brilliant. I think um, I made a point on social media after the game yesterday. I think Dominguez is everything that certain fans think Ryan Yates is. Um, if anyone can give me an argument why Ryan Yates should play without using the the analogy that he runs a lot, um, then you know I'll probably call them a liar because I don't think he offers anything else. I don't think he does anything. Um, but yeah, Dominguez was good. I think he's a re- he's another bargain. I think we talk about our recruitment being bad sometimes. He's another bargain. Eight million quid. He's arguably coming as, because Froiler was included in the deal, he's arguably, arguably came in as like a, a Froiler repra- replacement and 25 years old. Um, he's younger than Froiler. He offers more than Froiler in this league, let's face it. Um, so yeah, he's another really good nod towards our recruitment. I think it's another good sign-in. He, was, he covers every single blade of grass, Dominguez. And it's one of them where certain players get lauded as absolutely incredible when they run a lot. But for Dominguez, it's kind of like, oh, he doesn't really do anything else. Well, he does offer lots of stuff. I think um, 
I was just looking at some stats actually because I anticipated you might give me one of the centre midfielders. Um, his pass success ratio yesterday was among the best in our team. So, yeah, what we need is someone who can kind of fill the void that Mangala's left in terms of like passes and getting things moving. And I think Dominguez showed yesterday that he can perhaps be that sort of centre midfielder. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think he probably was our best player yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very intrigued to see that when Sangari comes back from Afcon, if he then becomes the the Mangala kind of replacement in terms because he can play on the half term and we've all seen his ability to get to actually go past the player in there and, and and open up play. So I think that's a real recipe for us going forward in terms of a Sangari Dominguez partnership in there with Gibbs White in the in just in front. I think that that could be something that would work for us in terms of going forward. And obviously Sangari offers us that protection because he's he's big and he's lanky and he can get a foot in here and there. So hopefully that kind of helps us going forward and hopefully trying to win more games. But you're kind of praying that Ivory Coast don't win today and so we can get him back a bit earlier because you know he's just going to party for the rest to, of the week. To be he? fair, it's on the basis as well that if he's fully fit, because Nuno mentioned before he did go, he wasn't fully fit. He obviously had... You know, his leg broke nearly by Marne, and um, you know, he was yeah, dropped did, to the bench yeah. after that. I don't know whether that's an impact of that injury, maybe he's a bit sore or whatever. Um, or it's or they've just decided to rotate. Um, he didn't look sore when he was jumping up and down with that bib in the semi final, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was ripped, wasn't he? I must say, yeah. Um, the worry for me with Sangari is you know, he's copped quite a bit of flack before he went to AFCON. And now he's kind of being built up as this messiah who's going to solve all his problems when he comes back. I guarantee it if he's back, whether it be the West Ham game or it'll be United. Oh, United in the cup, yeah. Guarantee yeah. if he doesn't play well, people will be on his back again. Yeah, of course, of course, Will is an expensive signing, and obviously yeah. he's, he's had a dozen games to get. You know, mm. people have wrote him off after a dozen games, whereas some get hundreds. So it, it is yeah. what it is, isn't it, with Forest? I'm, I'm very aware that we're, we're going to try and keep this to an hour, so we'll move swiftly on. But we we did eventually overcome the 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 sticky team that is Bristol City in the FA Cup to advance to the fifth round. Uh, we've got Man United at home in the Again. next round on the. 28th of February, I think it is, or, or is it on the leap year day? I can't, yeah, 28th yeah. of February, yeah. Um, a, a great birthday pe- present for your Emma, Reese. <laughs> yeah, just the seventh time in two seasons of playing them after not playing them for 25 years nearly. Yeah. Um, what, what, briefly from, from both of you, what, what do you make of, of that uh, tide? Do you think we can get through quarter final? That would be quite a nice, uh, Stage to get to again, two games away from Wembley. Although I don't agree with semi-finals at Wembley, but it'd still be nice no. if we got there. Yeah, of course it would. I, 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 I totally agree with you, Adam. It's kind of diminished the FA Cup, the semi-finals being at Wembley. Personally, um, I get the FA's point of you know it's it's paying for the stadium, but you know is having two semi-finals at Wembley really going to put a lot more money into paying for the stadium? But that's up to them. Um, is it a game we can win? Yeah, it is, but. You know, United hit a little bit of form, haven't they, recently, um, since we've kind of beat them at our place. With United, it's one of them, isn't it? It's kind of how they rock up. If they rock up and think play how they can, then they're a better side than us and they'll beat us. If they rock up and are half-arsed and we're at it like there was in the game um, just before the new year, we can beat them. So, um is it an ideal time? Probably not, but at least we're at home, so we're, we're in it. Um, 
I mean, as for the Bristol City game, yeah. I mean, we got we started really well, got off to a perfect start, and then we conceded um, as we always do. And to be honest, Bristol City missed several chances in extra time. They probably should have won our fourth on the night, and I would I would have said fair enough if they had won. Thankfully, we had some really good penalties, and you know Turner managed to keep one out, which is good. But um, thankfully, there's no replays in this round, so we won't be having another game. But We'll, we'll, we'll see regards to Manu game. There's obviously a couple of more games. In, if Man if Manu have a stinking performance in one of them games, they're in a bit of a crisis with the media. So we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. I mean, we obviously need to we need to win a game. Into it, it kind of be so Forest to probably draw on Saturday or something, lose to Villa and then go and beat Manu. That'd be very Forest, wouldn't it? And then lose to Coventry or something in the quarterfinals away. That'd be very Forest, something like that. But We'll see. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I love the FA Cup. You guys know that, but it's a bit of a back burner in, in t- at the minute. The leagues, you know, the full prior, pretty much 90% of the priority in it, really. We, we, we need points in the league more than a win in the FA Cup. Definitely. Obviously, both would be nice. Yeah. Lee, anything to add? Not really. I think uh, I agree with everything Reese has said again. I think um, it's, it's nice to get through. It's nice to be in the hat. Um, a game against Man United is obviously going to ensure the city grounds packed. Um, we have beat them once, I suppose, this season, haven't we? I think it, I think it'd be more Forest to go and bloody win the FA Cup and get relegated. Um, <laughs> I said this last be like, week. Be like, going, right. be like going Coyle's Wigan when we're in Europe. Yeah, Birmingham like as well, as well aren't they? Well, yeah. yeah. So um, mm. yeah, I think. Um, it, it's, there's not much to say, is there? I mean, it's funny, I think we waited years and years to play Man United and I think our FA Cup game was the seventh meeting in two seasons with United. Yeah, Reese mentioned that, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think um, I think we can win. Uh, in terms of the Bristol City game, I confess, I didn't see a single minute of it. didn't see a single second of it. Um, I've seen the highlights. Like Reese says, typical Forest performance. Go in front and you think it's going to be a comfortable night. Within minutes, they're back in in front obviously it gave Derby fans something to cheer didn't it that, that's what they've resorted to these days uh, cheering a former player who they got peanuts for scoring against us in the oh, FA Cup makes, makes journalists heart so full don't it why not yeah. concentrate on beating Shrewsbury I say oh no they couldn't do that yeah that's it that's <laughs> it um, it was that like their week wasn't it the, the former yeah. player like I said, that just shows you how far above them at the minute yeah that, that star stud academy they've got the, the, I think Jason Knight went for about 2 million didn't they I mean what an amazing <laughs> yeah, what an academy um, to the mass in I'm, Bristol City. Yeah, I'm not going um, to really gloat. Nothing really to add in terms of the FA Cup. I think um, it'll be a good game against United. I think we can win. Uh, but whether we will is obviously which United turn up again, I suppose. Yeah, I'm not going to gloat too much about the Derby thing because at the moment, in, in in terms of my fear, we, we could be playing each other again next season. Yeah, if, I if have not to too say. Careful. Well, the possibility is it's yeah. one of those things, isn't it? It's going to happen at some point. Yeah, I have to say, I do think they'll get promoted, but you know, I've got friends who are Derby fans and, and they said their football is absolutely awful. And Emma's mate said apparently they got booed off again yesterday in the sat in second. <laughs> booed sat off second for me in, second. They sat second in the league and all they wanted was a club one tip, but let's move on. Yeah. Uh, so just before we finish, uh, we've got West Ham next week. We lost 3-2 in the game before we played when we played what last, a surprise that, uh, that is. I mean, uh, I mean uh, the, the common scoreline of the season where 
we did go one nil down, uh, went two one up, and then and then inevitably lost three two with two set piece goals. It's a theme of the season, guys. But Reese, um, what are your thoughts going into the West Ham game? Do you think we can actually get a result first of all? And what are your score predictions? It, it's it's Liverpool, isn't it? Well, Villa after and then Liverpool. I mean, we also lost to Liverpool 3-2 last season, so there's another 3-2. I mean, how many times are we going to say in the reverse fixture of games this season? Oh, we lost 3-2 to them. Brighton obviously coming up soon. Um, West Ham. I mean, they're a funny side, aren't they, West Ham? Like, they went to Arsenal and, you know, beat them. And then, you know, they got whacked at Fulham, like 5-0, for example. They're, they're very funny side, West Ham. It kind of seems... You know whether David uh, David Moyes wants to be if he actually wants to let him off the leash for a game. They seem to get results, and then if he, you know, limits them, they, they seem to stink it out. Um, <clears throat> I think I did. I did say on the last pod that I thought West Ham was the more winnable game. Well, now it's obviously got to be that. Um, and I do think we can beat West Ham. The worry is, as I said earlier, is that they've got the best set piece taker in the league, or one of for sure. Um, and we can't defend them. So, um, you know, it's turning into a must win and I don't like using that phrase lightly, but it is because you look at the games we kind of got after, you know, Villa away, Villa are absolutely brilliant at home. I know they've lost a couple recently, but on the whole, I mean, Liverpool are, are flying this season. Um, so you look at this one as one where you've got to really go out and win. And you know what? Let's go on the flip of the 3-2 scoreline and saying we're going to win 3-2 this time. Blimey. Because right. there's no chance in a million years that they've got James Ward-Prowse in their team and they don't score from a set piece. Oh, and yeah, especially I've, when they've got... And I hope, I hope I've jinxed it with that and that'll do me nicely. I suppose when they've got Suchek and Alvarez and the lads yeah. attacking the ball. But yeah, Lee... Yeah. Well, we let thought... Jared Bowen score at in down at the taxpayer stadium, didn't we? So Oh, yeah, bloody crap. Right, yeah. go on, Lee. Um, I'm going to finish with some positivity and I think we'll win. I think if we play like we did yesterday going forward, I, I just anticipate, like I've said, that something's going to click at the back. I do think they'll score. I agree with what Reese has just said in terms of um, James Ward-Prowse. It'd be nice if he got some sort of injury this week, I suppose, wouldn't it? Uh, do they play today, West Ham? Yes. Yeah, so let's yeah. pray for a red card for Ward-Prowse or something. Um, <laughs> I mean, what I hope we don't get is the bloody loving with James Ward-Prowse after, oh, why can't we take set pieces like that? Because he's world-class at home. That, he's just a unique specimen when it comes to whipping corners in. It doesn't mean that our players are all tragic at taking them. We, we, I just hope we don't get that again. And hopefully a win will stop those sort of comments. So I think we'll win. I think it'll be... It's going to be a goal fest, isn't it? We're not going to. Um, it, I'd love a one nil at the minute, but I think they'll we'll score. So, I'll to be different to Reese. I'll go for two one to Forest, um, but I do anticipate it might be three two. To be fair, yeah. Well, I've, to I've West just, probably. I've decided <laughs> yeah. in the in the last thirty seconds of 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 my thinking, I'm going to go for something a little outrageous, and I think it will be a, like a super goal fest, like peak Barclays. <laughs> Five three Forest. Five three. <laughs> That's what I'm going You've got for. to have it. You've got to have a pound on that. I'm gonna have a pound. I'll have a pound on it, and then it, and then it, any on. any winnings, um, I'll donate to charity or something. Right, but anyway, um, yeah, um, 
I just I've just got this weird feeling it's going to be loads of goals and like zero and totally inept defending from both sides. Um, you think we're going to score we'll concede, five goals. We'll <laughs> concede. We'll concede from three set pieces, no doubt about it. Um, and we'll score five brilliant goals. And that, to be I'll honest, that the day. last time Ward Pass was at the City Ground, it was a four-three, wasn't it? I mean, true, yeah. I think he put a true. couple of. Did he put in a free kick that game? He scored from and no, he's got. Lianco scored, didn't he? Yeah, Lianco scored, didn't he? Yeah, he scored a penalty and he scored scored from a corner. So, yeah, Uh, 5-3. I think West Ham, it's going to be a good game. I think it'll be a good atmosphere and we'll we'll take it to him, hopefully, in terms of attacking sense. But we can't defend because we're totally crap at it. Attacking-wise, you fancy scoring against pretty much every team. Yeah, we are. With the pace on his attack. You know, it's just absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. We're fine going forward. Like we've already, I know we don't need to talk on it again because we've spoke about it in this podcast. But in terms of since Nuno came in, we've been absolutely fine going forward. We really have. I've got no problem that we'll score goals. It's just okay. if we'll keep enough out to stay in yeah. the league for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Great. Well, thank you very much for joining us on uh, this morning's Red Side of Trent. Um, if you've not obviously joined us on on YouTube, then you can listen back on on Spotify and on YouTube. If if you, if you can leave us a like and a subscribe, that'd be bloody brilliant. Um, we'll we'll see you in the week for for a West Ham preview. But otherwise, take care, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and come on, you Reds. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.